episode number 70. Everything that happens to a man is dependent on how close he is to God. Welcome to the Torah Podcast. Lessons from authentic Judaism. Get the tools and inspiration you need for personal growth. Hosted by Rabbi Mitterhoff. Shalom, this is Rabbi Eliyahu Mitterhoff with this week's Torah Podcast. The Torah portion of the week is Shoftim, How to Be Here Now wholehearted and present. We're going to have a powerful parable about two students, a great story about Rav Shlomo Eger, and peace in your home. We're going to be beginning the Sefer of Rav Moshe Aaron Stern, the Mashkik of Commonance, and the subject's going to be on praying for a spouse. And now, the Torah portion of the week, with novel ideas from the classic commentaries. So in Devarim 1813, the verse says like this, You should be wholehearted with Hashem, your God, for these nations that are repossessing, they listen to astrologers and diviners. But as for you, not so has Hashem your God given for you. It's only for them, but it's not for you. So Rashi says in the verse, Walk with Him with wholeheartedness. Look ahead to Him and do not dwell into the future. But rather, whatever comes upon you, accept with wholeheartedness. And then you will be with Hashem and of His portion. In other words, if you accept whatever happens with a whole heart, then you're going to be with Hashem. And that's exactly what the Mambam says. Since it says you're God, you're clinging to Hashem with a pure heart, and you're not trying to know the future. And if you should be hearted, then Hashem will be your God. What do you mean your God? You will be close to Hashem, and He will be your God. And His providence will be evidence upon you. So this is exactly how to get close to God, is to rely on God. When we rely on God, by definition, we're close to God. And the Malbin adds on this, that God gave it to you, to the Jewish people. And this is how we're going to succeed, by doing the mitzvahs. He said, how can a person go around wasting time to fortune tellers and astrologers to try to figure out the future? He should be learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. It's not the Jewish way. So Ramosha Feinstein explains that there's two aspects to this. One aspect is we have to overcome our natural curiosity to what's going to be in the future. He says we're being commanded to not be involved with it, to just be here now and do what we have to do and not be trying to figure out what's going to be in the future. And the second aspect is that we don't have to worry. We should not worry about the future. And if we're supposed to do something now, so we have to be so mech, we have to rely that Hashem is going to help us. If it's clear that we're supposed to do it now, we don't have to worry about the outcome. Hashem's going to take care of it. And Revolbi says on this that it's a human nature really to think more about the future. We are more worried about the future and all of its possibilities than we are focused on the now. And one of the reasons he explains that it's hard to focus on the now is because we can't see the totsa'ot. We don't see the ramifications of what we're doing now. So even when we try to be in the now, it's hard to stay there. Because we're not sure the outcome of our actions. We're always looking to the future, what's going to be from what we're doing now. And Rav Shimshon Hirsch explains this is exactly the purpose of what it means to be tamim, pure, wholehearted. He says someone who's wholehearted is so completely engrossed in God that he thinks only of his duties that he must perform at the present moment. And for success in the whole future, he puts his trust in God. By fulfilling his duty, he has already attained the supreme call of his doing and not doing. In other words, he only has to do what's now. That's the way he looks at life. 
It doesn't matter what's going to come out in the future. That's not his business. Someone who is wholeheartedly serving God just looks in the moment. He has to look now. What do I need to do now? And if he does that, that means he's fulfilled his duty, which brings peace of mind. And he's not worried. On the other hand, the verse says, and as for those nations who you are to succeed, the nations that are now that we're going to push out, they're going after astrology. So if Hirsch explains, they have lost their instability, and to them success is everything. You hear this? A person who has inner stability, he's not worried about success. But a person who's not stable, doesn't know what's going to be, and not sure of himself, he always has to prove himself on the outside. They need to succeed to satisfy their passions or attain honor. And in chasing after success, they feel helpless. Why? They feel subject to the randomness of the external world, over which a person has no control. And this world doesn't share in man's sorrow or happiness. It has no understanding of what, what a person feels. The world is shrouded in mystery, poses man a thousand unsolved riddles. It appears before man like a sealed book. So a person who's not wholehearted, he's lost himself. He's lost his stability. He has to always prove himself on the outside. He's always worried about all these things. He has to succeed, in quotes. What do you mean succeed? Just do what you need to do now. And that is the Jewish success. That's what it means to be wholehearted. Rav Hirsch continues, He has already given you all that you require for the accomplishment of your life's mission. Right now you have everything you need to do. What a beautiful word. To study, to teach, to observe the Torah. That is your sum of your total task in life. We can do mitzvahs right now. Each moment you can do the mitzvah. That's what it means to walk wholeheartedly. And you don't have to worry what's going to come out. And you don't have to get astrologers to figure out what's going to happen in the future. And you're not worried about in the future. Why are they getting astrologers? Because the world's unstable. What's going to be? We have to figure out what's going to be. But a person who walks wholeheartedly with God, he has a moon, he has faith. He knows that everything that God is doing is for good. Rav Hirsch also says in Shmos like this, real faith doesn't mean, it's not the fact that there's just a God. And not only the fact that there's only one God, but it's more than that. It's the fact that this one, unique, true God is my God. He created and formed me, placed me where I am, and God's like creating and forming me, keeps me, watches over me, leads me, and guides me. Every present breath that I draw and every coming moment of my existence is a direct gift of God. And therefore, every moment I need to serve God, because He's in charge of my fate. Emune God actually means fully trusting and therefore being submissive to God Himself and to place one's life fully in God's hand. Therefore, Emune God means to submit one's entire life, its development, education, actions, and values to God. And the Mara and Gemara Makos is like this. On the verse, Sadik Bemune Yichie, a Sadik, a righteous person, lives by his faith. He says, attachment to God is the essence of faith. This is not something that can be done partially or half heartedly. Immune itself is the attachment one has to God. So our connection to God is to be here now. That's our connection and not being worried about the future and knowing that we are totally dependent upon Him. So one of the Chedushim that I got out of all this was that sometimes hope, hoping for this and hoping for that, can have the opposite effect. Everybody says you need hope. You have to hope for the future, of course. 
But if you think your dreams are going to come out exactly the way you want them to come out, that's going to have the opposite effect. Why? Because you're always worrying. What's happening with my dream? A person doesn't really know how he's supposed to make a Kiddush Hashem, how Hashem wants to reveal himself through him in the world. For example, a person's worried about his kids. What's going to be with my kids? This kid is going that way and that kid's going this way. But who says? Who says all your kids have to go in the way you want them to go? Who says that's the way you're going to make a Kiddush Hashem? That's the way you're going to bring God into the world. Maybe your kids have to do what they have to do, but the way you relate to them, that's what's bringing God into the world. And you don't have to be worrying about what's the future, that things are not going your way. You have to submit to His way. And this removes all the worry. It's an unbelievable Kiddush, really. Because everybody's dreaming about the perfect future. And everybody's hoping everything's going to work out. What do you mean work out? Work out their way, what they think the way it should work out. That's what it means to work out. That you're going to be rich and healthy and your kids are all going to be in the derech and everything's going to be great. That has nothing to do with you. And that may not be Hashem's plan. Lower Leno, people's relatives do get sick. Things happen. Things happen with kids and relatives and wives and families. Everything's are happening. It doesn't mean it's going to come out in the perfect world that you think is perfect, but it's a perfect world according to Hashem. And by you living in the moment with Amuna and not looking to the future, that's what's going to bring your peace of mind. And that's what Hashem wants. That's what the Pasuk is saying. You should be wholehearted with Hashem, your God. And you should not be doing what the astrologers are doing and looking to the future. You should be just doing what you have to do now. But like I said, the Kiddush that I heard is normally you think you need to dream. But sometimes your dreams are taking away from the now. The Torah wants you to be in reality. The reality of what's happening now. And when you finally accept what's happening now, then you get peace of mind. And then you can move forward. And then you're an Ebed Hashem. You're a servant of God. And this is exactly what the Orachim says on the verse. He says, other religions are terrified of all the phenomena of nature. And they have to take precautions against any disasters that the stars foretell. But we who are convinced that Hashem always has our best interest at heart, we do not need to be terrified. We need to be tamim, wholehearted with Hashem, and at ease with Hashem, relaxed. And he continues and he says, all these signs in the heavens that don't apply to us. The Jews are above Lamalamanatava. Like Avram Avinu wasn't supposed to have children. But he had children, and we're here. And the Rambam brings down, there's only one thing we need to fear, and that's Hashem himself. We have to believe wholeheartedly that Hashem does everything. And he says, Everything that happens to a man is dependent on how close he is to God. That's what we need to be worried about. And he's medactic from the Ankylus because the Ankylus says in the second part of the Pasuk, you shouldn't fear the bad tidings of the fortune teller. But you should fear if you're deficient in your votus Hashem. It's just the opposite. If you want things to come out good, you have to focus on the now and not worry about the future. Worrying about the future and trying to do cheshbonos according to the future, that's going to come out to be bad. Adarab, forget about the future. Don't worry about the future. What do you need to worry about right now? Your connection to Hashem right now. And every person has that in their control. They can grab that right now, that moment, and come close to Hashem. 
Like the Mabin said, if you should be wholehearted, then you will be with Hashem, your God. You will be close to Hashem and He will be your God. It's the moment. It's the present. That's the thing that brings us close to God. Not something that's going to happen to the future. And this is the beautiful Musa, the direction that we receive from God from this verse. You should be wholehearted with Hashem, your God. Such a powerful verse. Such an important concept. And it always falls in the first week of Elul to prepare ourselves for Rosh Hashanah, to accept upon ourselves all Malchut Shemaim, to do the will of God, because that's our only Hatzlacha. That's our only success. That's the Jewish way, is to be in the moment and to do the will of God and accept upon ourselves everything that He asks from us and to accept upon ourselves everything that's going to happen in the future because He's the one in control and He knows what's good for us. And we have faith in Him. We're not worried. We're not worried about the end of the world. We're not worried about global warming. We're not worried about all the craziness that's happening. We're only worried about one thing, like the Ramban said. Are we close to God or not close to Him? Here is a powerful parable. Open your mind and help you reach your potential. The Magi Maduma brings the verse from this week's Parsha. Do not learn to perpetuate the abominations of those nations. So he brings the marshal. He says, one time, a person came into a classroom where a rabbi was teaching two students. And the two students weren't paying attention. So the two students were distracted. They didn't cop. They didn't understand what the rabbi was saying. So after the class, the rabbi started to scream at one of them. He's going to give him a punishment. Why is he not listening? What's going on with him? So the person asked him, why are you screaming at only one of them? What about the other boy? Didn't they both learn? Didn't they both not pay attention? He says, it's true. But one boy is much more talented. He has a much deeper grasp. And the other boy barely understands. So the one I expected more from, that's the one that I punished. So what's the nimshal? So too, HaKadosh Baruch Hashem is more strict with the Jewish people. He expects more from us. He expects us to rise above. It's time for Great Stories About Great Rabbis. The verse in Shoftim says, for the bribe will blind the eyes of the wise. So this is a famous story about Rav Shlomo Eger. This is the son of Rabbi Kiv Eger. So what happened? Rav Shlomo Eger had a rich father-in-law. And his first name was Hirsch. And he promised the first grandchild that's named after him, after he passes away, is going to receive the inheritance from his grandfather. So what happened? After the grandfather passed away, after Hirsch passed away, he had a child with Shlomo Eger. And he named him Hirsch. So he's supposed to get the inheritance. But what happened is the baby died. After that, his sister-in-law also had a baby, and they named him Hirsch. So now the inheritance is supposed to go to her son. So who does it go to? So they went to the Chemda Shlomo, and he's going to decide who it goes to. So Chemda Shlomo said, listen, I need to think about this for a couple weeks. Come back in two, three weeks. Fine. They waited. So in the meantime, what happened? Rav Shlomo Eger researched the whole thing. And he's sure that the din's going to go towards him. He was the first one to have the baby. He named the baby after his father-in-law. He's supposed to get it. What's the difference if the baby passed away? And he's sure he's right. So then they come to the Chemda Shlomo. And he decides that, uh, that the sister-in-law is supposed to get the money. So he doesn't understand. He says, listen, I have this whole paper. I wrote this whole thing up. I researched everything. I'm 100% sure that I'm supposed to get the money. And he said, you know what? If my father knew about this story, surely he would paskin like me. He would go according to me. 
So the Chemda Shlomo said, that's exactly why I told you to wait. I wrote a letter to your father. And your father paskin that the money should go to your sister-in-law and not to you. So what do we learn from this story? Like the Pasuk says, for the bribe will blind the eyes of the wise. And I saw one of them before him that it's built into the nature of man. If a person is no gay at Badavri, if he's going to gain something, even if he's the greatest of sages, he's still going to lean his mind in the direction where he gains. Learn to give, love, and communicate. This is Peace in Your Home. So I wanted to start teaching from the Sefer of Moshe Aaron Stern, who was the Mashkiach of Covenants. So his first piece is on praying for a spouse. The verse says, Al zosis palel ko chasid. And the Gemara in Brachos explains that a chasid has a daven for his wife. So he has a difficulty. Wait a second. We know that the zivug, a soulmate, is determined 40 days before the baby's born. So what's this prayer about? So he explains that nothing happens, even though it's true, but nothing happens without prayer. Just like by Adam Rishon, the earth didn't give forth any kind of vegetation until he prayed and it caused the rain. So even though potential is there, you still have to pray in order to bring out the potential. So he explains that a person should never pray for a particular woman. I want this woman to be my wife. He shouldn't be praying like that. He should be praying for his wife, whoever she is, but not a particular woman. Because Yushami Kasuba says, it is possible through prayer to preempt and get somebody else's zivuk. If you do pray for another woman, you might wind up with that woman. But what's going to happen? It's not going to last. That's what the Gemara says. What does the Panei Moshe say on that? He says the husband will pass away. He'll pass away and she'll wind up with the other zivuk. So you shouldn't pray for a particular woman. And he brings down the Moed Katan that why you shouldn't daven in such a matter because in the end you're going to deny Hashem. Now why are you going to deny Hashem? Because you're not going to have the Tashpat's answers because you're not going to be answered. In other words, you're praying for the wrong woman and you're going to wind up, the woman's going to go to somebody else you're going to lose your faith. Why is it so difficult? We know that Chazal says that bringing Zivugim together, bringing soulmates together is more difficult than the splitting of the Red Sea. What does that mean? Because the person's needs have to be nullified. People think, I want this one, this woman, that lady, this guy. Everybody's thinking about this particular people. So Hashem has to nullify their desires in order for them to get their right zivuk. Not only that, if you do pray for a particular man or a woman, you could get punished. Why? Because it's like a demand. And the Jews were punished when they demanded, when they said to Hashem, please give us water. They were demanding the water. It's forbidden to pray in a way that you're demanding something. And he ends off by saying that even though it's true that we do have to pray for our zivu, but you should know it can happen in a minute. Many times you have a guy or a woman didn't get married for years and years, and in two, three days, all of a sudden they're engaged already. Happens chick-chack. Just like the Chavetz Chaim explained, when Yosef was taken out of the pit, they rushed, the verse says, they rushed him out of the pit. Why? His time was up. Also, when we went out of Mitzrayim, it was on the exact day, after 430 years, on that exact day we went out. Because when the time is, comes, it comes. And Hashem makes it happen. Okay, that's it for this week's Torah podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share it with your friends and please leave comments. I just wanted to mention that I have a free course on Torah Logic. It's called Torah Logic Essentials, and you can find it at the Global Yeshiva. So please go there and check it out. I think you're going to enjoy it. Thank you for listening. To get more enthusiasm for your Judaism, become a free member at globalyeshiva.com.